Hello, this is international football commentator Derek Ray. And make no mistake, this is your source for all things black and gold. Football just wouldn't be football without Berwick Rangers. Stand by for this edition of the Let It BRFC podcast. BRFC podcast. I'm Adam Hunter. I'm joined once again by Kevin Haynes. Hello, Kevin. I've missed you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, back to work and, and loving life. Oh, well. And we've got a very special guest this week. Um, I think I introduced you as Captain Leader Legend last time, and I'm going to do exactly the same again this time. Hello, Grant McNichol. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Uh, good. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Yes, not too bad. Can't complain. Well, I really appreciate you coming on. It's your second appearance on the the Letter BRFC podcast. Um, how are you feeling about that? Privileged, yes. Uh, happy to be on. Happy to share some stories and uh, some bits and bobs about my playing time down in Berwick. Yeah. Yeah, great. So uh, as we had uh, Dennis on a couple of weeks ago, um, and he had his starting eleven or his all-time eleven, um, and then he named about fifty-one players, I think it was, uh, from his time with the club. Um, so I, well, I've asked you to do the same. So, so we'll run through that in a little bit. You, you sort of starting eleven and um, your your additional subs, but you were with the club for for such a long time. How did you find your time overall with Berwick? Hey. Thoroughly enjoyable, yeah. Uh, I was there for, as you say, a long time, 11 years. Uh, you don't get that sort of loyalty anymore, do you? No, it's quite, it's quite a rarity nowadays. Uh, you know, players, players move quite frequently and quite often, so to find, uh, to find that loyalty nowadays is, yeah, it, it's, it's quite a rare thing. But yeah, um, I, I love my time down by. Uh, from from the initial offset, it was uh, Jimmy Thompson that signed me, uh, and Paul Smith literally took over uh, straight away. And uh, yeah, like I say, I had I had eleven thoroughly enjoyable seasons down by some turbulent moments, uh, some not so good moments, some great moments, and some great memories. And yeah, along the way, made some. Some great friends. Uh, so it was, a, it was a good a good period of my life, yeah. Paul Smith was great for us. Um, we had a, a very good side um, during those sort of years. How was he as a manager? Paul was a great manager, yeah. Because uh, he came in as player manager initially, didn't he? He did, yeah. Uh, I think he played... I, I, You'll know you'll know better than I, I will. I don't think he played too many games, but he initially initially played and managed uh, together. But yeah, he was uh, Paul and I sort of had a, a bit of a, a love hate relationship. I think I think he brought me in as a youngster, so he I wouldn't say I was his whipping boy, but on on times I would get the wrath of him and, and Clarkie because. I think they wanted and expected more from me, which uh, which I probably could have, you know, done at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you're young and naive, you, you take it negatively, and uh, that that was sort of the case for the first couple of seasons till I, till I found my feet. I think uh, 
because I was playing in a, in a team of uh, quite experienced players, guys that had been around a bit uh, in the lower leagues and the juniors. So for me, coming in straight from Tynecastle as a sort of fresh-faced 19-year-old, it was, it was all new to me as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he took me under his wing and, you know, it worked. It worked eventually. We sort of tinkered with playmate right back and, and centre mid, uh, centre, centre mid. <laughs> centre <laughs> uh, you know, I wasn't the the biggest of uh, presences as centre half, but that was sort of my final position. And yeah, we had a good relationship, Paul and I. Do you think the Hearts connection had any bearing on the way that he tried you? Yeah, there was definitely the, the influence of, of him being at Tynecastle when I was on the ground staff. He was there, obviously, as a senior player, as a professional player. And uh, I think when he left, he, he you know he contacted me knowing that I'd been released along with, I think, Kenny Rafferty at the same time. So, you know, he, he, he said that, you know, it'd be a good stepping stone for me to try and get back into potential full-time football uh, if that's what I wanted to try and do, which, you know, as every youngster wants to, they want to try and play at the highest level. So, mm. uh, yeah, his, his, his Tynecastle influence definitely definitely helped. So you talked about being at the club for, for so long. We spoke last time about um, Stenosmia coming in for you um, and you, you're turning that deal down. I'm sure there was other clubs that, that were interested in you during the 11 years. Why do you think you stayed so long? I stayed so long because oh, there's various factors. One that I enjoyed playing for Berwick. Uh, we trained locally, which was ideal for me. Uh, the connection I made with guys like P and Robert, you know, down by the fans as well. All these contributing factors. Uh, you know, there was a bit of a revolving door at times where players would come and go, but. You know, I made a close group of friends that, you know, we, we trained together, we played together. It, it, it was an easy option for me. You know, I would have played my, my career out at Berwick if I had the, the option and opportunity of done that. But uh, football is a funny game. You know, you you're, you never know what's the next move, what's around the corner. Uh, but yeah, I had no, I had no real desire to, to go elsewhere, uh, although other players were Moving on, you know, they were they're being offered other clubs, and uh, I was happy where I was. Uh, you know, playing playing as regularly as I could. Uh, so yeah, I had no no real desire to leave unless somebody had come in and potentially bought me, which was you know wasn't the case. So yeah, so in that case, it must have been gut wrenching the fact that the second or the, the season after we, we do get promoted um, Coughlin sort of tells you that you, you're surplus to requirements um, and you end up breaking after that yeah yeah that was a sorry to bring it up and all like, by the way no, no, no. listen it's, it's water under the bridge now it, it, mm. it was a hard pill to swallow at the time it really was uh... yeah and I must apologise actually because last time I hadn't realised that you hadn't spoke to John since you'd left well, he was on the podcast. Our paths have crossed mm. over the years at football games, and you know I've got no ill feeling to towards John for for doing his job because ultimately that's his job. You know, the saying is you don't have any friends in football. Mm. You know, as a player and as a manager, you have to take the good with the bad. And 
you know, ultimately, he was just doing his job. Uh, yeah, it came as a it came as a major a major surprise and a major shock to me. Uh, as you say, it was you know we just we just won the league first time in I think twenty eight years. Uh, I was the club captain. It was my testimonial year, so. Yeah, I wanted to. I wanted to come back. I wanted to come back with all my mates, mm. uh, push things on, and try and 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 try and you know achieve things at the, at the next stage and the next level. But uh, unfortunately, it wasn't to be. Uh, yeah, it was. Did a, you get? Did you get the feeling that year, Granny, that that John broke up the changing room a wee bit, or or John brought in? players that wouldn't have fitted into that change in them? Uh, honestly, I don't know. There, there probably was players that maybe didn't fit the criteria or the, or the, the, the bill, but uh, I didn't see it. Uh, so... so there, there must have been a few years that left. That, that, that obviously... That league, league went inside because uh, Danny was away. Danny was sold, wasn't he? Danny was away, that's right, yeah. Um, you were away, I was away. There was... There was a few. There was a few bodies away and it was like, did we not bring in... Was, was Tom Britton no away? Was he no another one? I think it was, a, it was a strange transition from, you know, such a massive high and a, and a massive accolade of winning the league to then, yeah, you know, sort of dissecting the team to the point that, as you've just rightly mentioned, Hainsey, players who were the sort of mainstream sort of focal point of the, of the side are the sort of dispersed gradually. But, you know, like I say, that, that's, a, that's at the manager's discretion. It's, it's, it's his job, albeit, you know, I felt at that time, I felt I could have played on at Berwick for another three or four years, uh, which I did when I left Berwick. Uh, I played on for another three years before I had a knee operation. So, yeah, it's it's a shame that it happened. I would like to have reached 13, 14 seasons, uh, which is an even greater milestone. But, yeah, it, it wasn't to happen. The, 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 biggest, the biggest disappointment for me was the manner in which it, it happened. Now, that that that's the biggest sort of bugbear for me. It was it was done over the phone. Uh, I was released over the phone, and that's that still doesn't sit well with me. Uh, yeah. Somebody who was loyal to the club for ten years, having won the league, uh, having the opportunity to go to Stenny the season before. Yes, which I didn't, and and yeah. I've not really spoken about this to many people. You know, the, 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 obviously Hainsey knows him, the, and our other close, uh, close Berwick colleagues know that. But yeah, it, it was done over the phone, which I thought wasn't the most professional thing to have done. Like I say, after ten years' uh, service, having won the league, club captain, especially in testimonial year, had it been done face to face, you know, I think that would have been the apt thing to have done. But like I say, probably slightly easier to accept if it had been done face face to face. Yeah, absolutely. I think had it been dealt with in that manner, yeah, we shake hands, 
and I walk away and that's it done and dusted. The fact it was done over the phone, it, I, I find it even more hard to, to take. So, but it's done, it's done, you know, it's done years ago. Yeah. It's walked under the bridge and uh, we all moved on to, to pastures new and, and Brecon was the, was my next, uh, my next team after that. Although very shortly, short lived, shall we say. If I was going to release Kevin Haynes, I would do it over the phone. Because he's only, there's only uh, one person that scares me more than Kevin Haynes, and that's Mark Cohen. <laughs> well, yeah. You've got, uh, you've got no fear of getting a punch in the nose or that there. <laughs> uh, so you mentioned around 2006, 2007 promotion period. Um, like, obviously, that's going to be, I would imagine, the ultimate high of your time with, with Berwick. What are your other favourite memories from your time with the club? So a lot of great memories, yeah. That's probably the the, the pinnacle of of them all. Uh, having having the uh, having won that the league that season uh, when sort of the odds were against us really, and we weren't tipped to. You know, we I think we won eight games in the bounce, didn't we? And I think everybody had a big part to play that season. Everybody chipped in. Uh, you know, it wasn't just you know, the same 11 every week. It, it was the whole squad played a part in that, in that year. So, yeah, that was that was a special moment. And, and like I said earlier, even more so, you're winning it with your, with your, with your muckers, your, your, your buddies, guys that you go out with and socialise with and, and meet up with regularly. It was even more so special. More so for me as well, the fact that Robbie and I lifted the trophy together as well. Robbie and I were at high school together. We were at Hearts together. He's been my best man, vice versa. So, to, to do that together was uh, was somewhat special, yeah. Uh, Robbie took you to Vale as well as a player, didn't he? Yeah, I went with Robbie to Vale. Uh, I think, again, I played maybe half a dozen games. Mm. And that, at that point, I then had to get a, an opportunity then, for my attending. Then, then Robbie released you. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie released me. No, uh, yeah, I had to get a knee up and that was... That sent me back for a couple of seasons. But other other highs were obviously when I first joined Berwick, we, we got a good cup tie against Celtic, uh, where the game was, it was a home tie, but it was transferred to Tynecastle. So yeah, that was a a big uh, a big game for us. And we had a good a good uh, a good few recognised household names playing that day, no, no one more so than Henrik Larson. It was uh, He's making his debut, wasn't he? That was his first game, I think. He played the week before against Hibs and they got beat and he gave away the ball uh, for the goal. Uh, so, yeah. Chick, Chick, Chick Charlie scored. Was it Chick there you go. So, that was a special game, albeit we got a bit of a, a, bit of a gubbin. Uh, I think Paul Smith was playing that, that game and so was Big Clarkey. I think I'm fairly sure when I spoke to Paul, he said that that was the game that he thought, yeah, maybe time to hang up my boots. Like, was it? Yeah, I think that was maybe one of the last appearances he made. But yeah, that was a really good uh, experience for, for myself as well. Henrik Larson, uh, Reggie Blinker, Darren Jackson. Unfortunately, like I say, we got a we got a hiding, but it was a great experience and. There's been other cup ties. I think in the period that I was there, we were very fortunate in some of the cup ties and runs that we that we that we got. We uh, we had Hearts twice, 
we obviously had Celtic, we had we had Rangers, which we, we got the replay in, and I think we had Aberdeen two years in the bounce as well. Mm. And I think if I remember correctly, we played Falkirk in a cup tie as well. So Yeah, that was the uh, you were there, Hainsey, wasn't it? Yeah. So yeah, these are all games and memories that that resonate with me and, and sort of stand out. Uh, but the, the, like I say, the, the highlight is is, is lifting that that uh, that league that league trophy. So the Rangers game was arguably the the biggest cup upset whilst you were you were part of the club when we held them to um, a nil nil draw to take them back to Ibrox. Um, what was that experience like? Again, that was a great experience. Although I didn't feature in the first game, I was an unused sub. Uh, your uh, your favourite all time player was playing in my position that game. So what kept, a guy, man! <laughs> he kept me he kept me out the team that that uh, that game, and I think perhaps a few games before that. So he retained his position. Listen, he was he was as good at centre half as he was at centre forward. So you know you can't change a one inside, and he, he kept his position uh, for that game. That was a great game. Yeah, the crowd and. Yeah, the atmosphere was fantastic. I saw um, Amy Canavan, um, who works with Bonnie Rig, actually. Um, but Robbie's team is, is part of the media team there. Uh, she's got a podcast and she interviewed Jerry Farrell uh, a couple of weeks back. I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, so Jerry talks about his career overall. Mm-hmm. Um, then he goes into what happened afterwards after football. So obviously he's arrest for drugs and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, but he is asked about the Rangers game and he, he talks about what an experience it was. Um, it's only a brief one, but it's it's definitely worth checking out if you, you haven't already. Did he get man of the match that, that game? Um, I think so, yeah. I think that's, I think I remember, yeah, I think he, he was pretty outstanding that game. Yeah, Jerry. Yeah, because he talks about the the gambling um, and how he always struggled with his gambling once he was he was playing football, um, and then it was the fact that he got into the drug dealing afterwards, um, and he, he obviously saved time. Yeah, yeah, but we had the we obviously had the replay at Ibrox where, like I say, Woodsy Woodsy retained his position, and I, I think I got on with maybe about I think maybe about twenty minutes to go. Uh, from memory, there was a there was a decent crowd at Ibrox that that day as well, and I think we held our own for quite a fair bit of the game. Uh, we ended up losing three 0 but yeah, playing against like uh, Ronald De Boer was playing and Avaladze, I think like Amoruso scored a thirty yard free kick or something that that game yeah. as well. So, yeah, these these were great times, great memories. Yeah, yeah. I still got a Rangers bottle of whiskey actually in the. In the attic from from that game, I think it's probably been drunk though that the bottle's still up there. <laughs> well, the present is always a bottle, Granny. I, th- I don't know if we all got a bottle, but I, I do remember after the game there was there was Rangers ties, there was Rangers whiskey bottles. So they, they, they may have handed them all out. I can't remember, but I, I, do, I do have a bottle upstairs from that game. No wonder that was skinned. <laughs> <laughs> So moving to um, your all-time eleven in that case. Um, so thanks again for for putting that together. Um, 
If you just want to start with your goalkeeper, I'm sure it'll be no surprise to anyone who you've got between the sticks. Yes. The one and only Mr. Gary O'Connor. I think uh, it says it all. I mean, Gary and I probably played, I don't know, you'll know, maybe know the stats more than me, a good a good 100, 100 and odd games together. Uh, and also at Newton Grange as well, we played together. So, yeah, that was sort of an easy choice for me. Uh, Big, big soft hands, as they call them, or sausage hands, or he's got, he's got a few names. So uh, no, he was uh, always reliable in the sticks. In the sticks, behind us. he was a good voice. I think you'd be hard pushed for if I asked anybody who played in the same Berwick team with Gary um, and anyone else. I was trying to think of anyone who's maybe played with someone more recent, likes of of McCrory and maybe Stevie Notman. Um, but I still think Gary O like longevity um the fact that he was such a command influence and a brilliant shot stopper as well i, th- I think he's always going to be number one for anyone that's that's either played with him or, or has seen him um i think what used in see as well adam as a as a supporter is how much a a good and reliable teammate he was you know if if, if anybody ever... tried to fight him <laughs> he was daft he tried to fight me <laughs> um, no, I just mean that anybody, anybody, and I imagine it being any any of the squads, certainly in our squad, anybody that had any bother, you went to Gary. If somebody needed sorted out, you went to Gary. If uh, you needed advice, you went to Gary. Gary's Gary had done it all and and, and been round the block, yeah. um, and he had the answers. You know what I mean? Or, or, or he guided you the, the way you should go. But you know, supporters didn't see that stuff. You know, supporters yeah. what he does on the park. They didn't see what he does on a Tuesday and a Thursday when he's when he's helping you or he's giving you advice. Um, and and probably just echoing what you said. Probably in the last thirty years, anybody that's played with Gary would probably pick Gary as their number one. Yeah. You know, anybody that's affiliated with the club in the last thirty years, you know, they probably would. I think. I think you know. His loyalty to the club as well, you know, having been there on four separate occasions, uh, speaks volume. You know, his goalkeeping ability, first and foremost, was you know second to none. So, uh, but again, reiterate what Hainsey said. You know, he was he's a bit of a father figure off the field as well. The voice of reason. He, he was always there to put an arm around you. He could give you a rollicking as well. But yeah, uh, Mister Steady and. Uh, I'm glad to say we're still very close friends. We go running every other other day and be catching up, catching up with them tomorrow for a few a few sociables, yes, a few drinks. Look forward to that. Uh, it's great how you you're all still pals in that like. Um yeah. we ate hot together. I was here there before you. Gary was at Tyne Castle when when I went in there, albeit he was a few years above me. Uh I think I think probably when I finished my apprenticeship, Gary then moved down to I don't know where he went to. Was it did he go straight to Berwick? Doncaster. I, I can't admit. Certainly when I just finished my apprenticeship and, and started my, my first year uh, pro, he he had then left. Uh, they had they had Nicky Walker, Henry Smith, Miles Hogarth, Roddy McKenzie, all good goalies, and, and obviously Gary as well. But I think Gary left at that point. 
Yeah. Uh, I think Craig Gordon came through the year that you left as well. Or... Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, he was at Tynecastle as well. Yeah, so, yeah, our, our relationship goes back way back to then as well, along with Robbie's, obviously. Great. So you've gone with a four-four-two formation. Um, so four at the back. Starting with your right back. Who's that? My right back is another old Harps connection, uh, Davy Murray. Uh, again, he was he was at Tynecastle when I was there. I think he was probably the age gap between Gary and myself, uh, and probably played a few first team games for Harps again from memory. Yeah, Davey was, he was no airs and graces, you know, he was he was Mr. Steady, he he put his heart and soul into playing, gave 100%, you know, he took no prisoners, hard in the tackle, uh, and he was consistent, he maintained that throughout the season, you know, you knew when he put the strip on what you were going to get from him, and I think he did that most of his career, to be honest with you, so, yeah, there was, there was a few options there, but I think he just sort of picked a few guys to the the post there, and and he was my my right back choice. Yeah, I think you're right. He's hundred percent. Um, that's what you get from him every week, and I think that was why it was such a surprise when he left, um, and he went to to Stenny as as part of that mob, if you like. Um, but it was such a surprise because he he always seemed as though he was sort of passionate for the shirt, and um, he was giving his all. Was it a surprise to you too, or did you know that he was wanting out? I don't think there was. I don't think there was any inclination about, <clears throat> or, you know, signs that players wanted to depart or leave. Not that I could read or, or see anyway. Angie might tell you otherwise, but you know, I, I honestly thought at that point, you know, would would kick on and and try and, you know, make a push for for things in the in the in the next league, but. You know, sometimes you don't see these things, and I certainly didn't. Yeah. No, I, I don't think it was evident. Um, I think that, obviously, we all spoke to each other throughout the summer. Um, so we kind of knew who was talking to who, or who was had offers for where. Um, would you talk about that, would you? Aye, you would... You would huh? you, you would talk about it, but you, you wouldn't you wouldn't tell somebody what you were doing. You know, Murray probably phoned, you know, another couple and said, "Well, Stenish Muir's came in for me, or, or so and so's come in for me." But you, you wouldn't say, well, "This is what I'm doing. I'm, I'm signing tomorrow." Or uh -huh. you would, you know, people. We all kind of knew that there was interest for for players, um, but we were we were aside that. That had finished second on goal difference, and you know, people were going to try and cherry pick, um, pick our, our team. And we're, we're standing with Muirno pretty close to us that year as well. You know, they ran, they ran Cowdenbeath close as well. Yeah, and they've obviously seen the opportunity to to make a a better push the, the following season and, and cherry pick, you know, the players that. The criteria for their team. Yeah, Paul Smith was there at the time as well, wasn't he? I think he was assistant manager, so I imagine he had a bit of an influence on it. Yeah. On it too. Um, so yeah, so if we wake around, you're back for um, your right sided centre half. The right sided centre half is Big Bob Robbie Horn. 
Uh, again, probably an easy choice for me. Uh, you know, I've already talked about Robbie, and yeah, we played football together when we were younger. We were at Tynecastle together, so you know, we, we played centre half partnership uh, in the reserves. Played against each other prior to that for Hutchie and Salve, and uh, yeah, again, leadership qualities. You know, a voice on the park. It worked well. We, we know we 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 knew each other's game pretty well, so. Again, it was it was a pretty a pretty easy choice for me, and again, you know, proper gentleman off the park. Uh, uh, so, uh, yeah, he's he's done a fantastic job with with Bonnie Rigg as a as a manager, um, and obviously he's he's a legend as as far as a, a Berwick connection goes um, for everything that he did whilst he was here. It's interesting to to say like alongside or playing alongside uh, someone that you know so well, and the fact that you you do understand um, each other's game is it a case where you know if he's going to attack the ball, then you're going to drop off and you're going to sit deeper, or is it a bit deeper than that? I think yeah, that trust the trust elements there, but yeah, you, again, you know, playing in that position, it, it's it's what you do. Somebody goes and attacks the ball, the other one drops off and your right or left back does the same. So, yeah, Robbie and I were, I think, you know, we had a good few games together and we had a, a good record. So, um, yeah, he was probably a, a more graceful player with the ball at his feet than I was. Uh, and, you know, we, we probably, over the course of our season, must have headed the ball thousands of times. So... Yeah, it was, uh, it was a, a, like I say, a, a, an easy choice for me. Uh, Robbie's, a, Robbie's a totally different animal now as a coach to a, to a player. Um, in terms of his, probably his aggression and his frustration, and he kicks every ball and he's so wrapped up in a game on the side of the pitch. We saw uh, that when he came to Berwick last year and beat us in the first game. And you could see like how much it meant to him, the fact uh, that he was a scorer. He is, and he, and he gets so involved. And um, it really, really surprised me how different he was from the, the player that I played with to the guy that was on the opposite side of the dugout now. Mm-hmm. I, I, was, I was really surprised at that. Um, not in a bad way. I'm, I'm not saying he, he was different in a bad way or anything like that. I'm just... just it was just a, a switch of character almost. Yeah. Do you think you're different? Like, the way how you approach it as a coach against how you were as a player, Kev? Probably. Um, I probably take things more serious now than, you think? than, than I did as a player, probably. Um, I just I just bum, kind of bumbled along through, through playing. Um, but it's a bit more methodical now. You know, you... You, you know you have you're, you're accountable for for more than just yourself if you know what I mean yeah you've, you've got a different thought process um, you know you, you've got to try and make a team better or make players better whereas when you played selfish as it might sound you know you looked after yourself mm-hmm. um, so uh, definitely definitely probably Club 1881 is your opportunity to be part of a community of Dream Team supporters, helping to transform the club's financial fortunes.
For just £18.81 per month, you can help your club become a more sustainable one, safeguarding the future of Berwick Rangers Football Club and building a solid foundation for the club to target future success from. Club 1881 members receive access to exclusive JERS content, ranging from podcasts to videos, player interviews to meet the management team sessions, newsletters to club shop sales and more. And if that wasn't enough, all Club 1881 members will gain free admission to all home Lowland League fixtures, where they might even scoop a £200 jackpot through the bond scheme number, also included in their membership fee. To become a Club 1881 member today, simply head to berwickrangers.com slash shop slash club1881. One team, your team, dream team. So playing alongside Robbie, who have you got, Grant? I picked myself. I don't know if I was supposed to pick myself, but... No yes. way. Definitely. Yeah. I'm having that. No, no. that. no. Not having that. Well, I'll go to I my, my subs bench and see if I can... Pick somebody from there then. No, uh, no, I would have you. I would have you. Let's, oh go, let's leave it at that then, Adam. What was, who was the last captain who had that won the league? <laughs> Robbie Horn. Well, <laughs> yeah. I saw... A joint venture. As a, as a player, obviously, like how, how would you think you would describe yourself for, for the younger players who might not have seen you? As a or the player. younger fans that might not have seen you, sorry. Uh, I was again. I, was, I, th- I would like to think I was somebody that gave a hundred percent every time I put the Verick black and gold strip on. And again, like I've said before, I wasn't graced with any footballing skills. I could never dribble past three or four guys. Ask me to ping balls diagonals across the park. I could do it occasionally, but I've got the nickname from the boys Weetabix Foot. Because I used to shank the ball into the stand so often. I think I think that's where it comes from. That's what Woodsy calls me. So, yeah, from a player's, you know, from a playing point of view, I knew my I knew my limits. I knew what I could do. I knew what I was good at, and I knew what I was shite at, basically. And you know, I couldn't beat players. I could win the ball in the air. You know, I was good in the air, and I'd like to think I could read the game pretty well. And my timing in the tackle was 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 pretty good as well. I think that's You're quite quick as well, Granny. I think in my earlier years, Hainsey, yeah, I was I was quite quick. Uh, yeah, you're, you know, you're I, the recovery. I, I'm not your typical modern day centre half who's six foot three, four plus, and maybe fourteen stone, and can can sprint, can ping the ball. You know all these contributing factors. Uh, you know I'm just shy of six foot. I've maintained my same weight, about 12 stone, for the last 15 years. But, you know, I actually I actually prefer playing against bigger guys, guys like yourself, you know, guys that were, you know, a challenge. Whereas playing against, like, me, Mark McCutcheon or, you know, Mark Anthony's, they were, they were just too nippy and they would get away from you. But, yeah, so that's sort of how I would describe myself as a as a centre half. Did you learn much from playing against them in training, Kev? Um, probably not. Uh, <laughs> I didn't mean that in a bad way. I was going. <laughs> what I was going to say was, I actually learned more from Robbie than I did Granty. I think. 
Um, I remember like my, my first couple of sessions, and and it's maybe it's maybe what Grant is saying there is the the physical factor, um, because Grant wasn't the one for coming in and just clearing you or kicking you or um, Grant done the covering with the pace and won his headers and, and kept everything simple and Robbie would just kick you up and down in training. You know, it would come through the back of you, he was clearing the ball and and you and you learn there that I need to get my body shape right, I need to protect myself, I need to protect the ball. Um first I remember first session at Pinky and and the and the, the stature of Robbie kind of got me at the, at the very beginning as if to say here's this this big man, him and Mark Cowan, two centre halves, kicking me up and doing training first session. And I thought, but okay. Granny didn't have that. So I wasn't being disrespectful to Granny saying I never learned anything from him. Um, I learned how we go on a night out after a, after a game with Granny. <laughs> um, but no, that nothing, that wasn't a disrespectful remark. It was, it was more uh, Robbie. Are you saved this? Don't worry. Just stop digging. <laughs> <laughs> no, no offence taken, mate. No. Is that quite common in the fact that you take them all out on a night out after a game? Uh, not so much the fact I would take them all out, but we would all, yeah, we'd probably, probably all fire up George Street here. And but that, I, I'll, I'll always remain by that. That was a massive factor of why we were successful. Yeah. It was, you know what I mean? It, we trained on a Tuesday, Thursday. We were with together a lot, a lot of hours. You know, travelling to Berwick or travelling to games. Yeah. Um, we've all heard the stories with Gary O'Connor with the grappa and with the Ty Whitty and peach wine that he made, and and we all we all went out together, and it was a massive, massive factor that that the reason we were successful. I thought. Yeah, 100%. Um, another member of that squad uh, it is in left back in your team. Do you want to tell us who that is? Left back was uh, Chris McGrorty. Again, uh, I think Chris had a couple of spells at Berwick. Am I right? He was there on two occasions. Yeah, he left and then came back. He probably, again, he was similar to to Davey in that you you, you know what you were getting from Chris. He was he was a hundred percent, but. He had, a, he had a sweet, gifted left foot. He could play football, he could pick a pass, he could beat players. He had he had quite a a variety of uh, aspects to his game. Uh, and again, for someone that's relatively short, he was, he was you know, he'd win balls in the air. He, he was quick as well. So, yeah, I, I, I toyed with him and a couple of other guys at that position. But again, just probably down to his tenacity and his and also his, his consistency uh, that was probably why I, I picked him and the fact I thought he, you know as far as that he, he was like a, a, a modern day left back he, he you know he could get up and down he was, he was super fit as well so he sort of ticked all the boxes as a, as a left back yeah I remember he was very um, noticeable on a football pitch you'd be able to spot him from a mile off wouldn't you because of, of all the moon beds he went on. <laughs> I was thinking about the bleached hair. But... It was like Casper the Ghost, eh? <laughs> was it ginger, eh? Just dyeing the, dyeing the, the barnet, get the bleach blonde. But he was, he was technically superb, Granny, eh? Oh, like I say, he was... As a footballer, he, he had everything. He was technically really, really gifted, eh? 
played the Premier League with him, Fairman, didn't he? Yeah, I thought I thought he might have, you know, went on to maybe a higher level and and got a a, a sort of full time move. But yeah, I think he don't get me wrong, he's, he's had a few clubs, but yeah, he was he was a steady Eddie. Is there a kind of is there like a type of fullback that you prefer playing with? Do you not like playing with wing backs, um, or is it just a case of you'll adapt to to whatever's put out? I think you have to adapt to to the manager's selection and formation. Yeah, uh, I, I prefer the you know four four two. Uh, but again, the wing back situation didn't bother me either. You're a, you're then a little bit more exposed, you know, from diagonal balls. You know, if if there's a a three in the middle, but uh, it didn't really phase me either way. What the, the team selection as in formation? No, it didn't bother me. Yeah, great. So playing in front of him will work left to right. Um, who have you got in left midfield? Left midfield, I've got uh, little Darren Smith. Uh, yeah, he's he's a he's a great great footballer. Uh, a wand of a left foot, absolute uh, dream to watch. Centre of gravity, balance. It's probably been talked about on here before and it's probably been viewed on YouTube, but, you know, that goal that he scored at, at Hamden, I think, well, a lot of Berwick fans will say it's probably one of the best goals ever. And, yeah, yeah. he beat four or five guys and you just don't see that really happening nowadays. Uh, it was it was the way he sort of glided beyond and past players. It was, it was the balance he had. It was, it was effortless, you know, for Darren, uh, I was in awe watching him sometimes. How did you know? How can he do that? How does he get past players so easily? Uh, and it and it just looked it looked like a breeze for him. But yeah, again, that was probably quite an easy selection uh, from the fact that uh, he was there a, a, quite a, a few years as well and played a lot of games for the club. Yeah, he had been a brick in the same time that you were there. Darren, Darren was the one that sort of instigated the the breaking connection and the and the breaking move. Uh, having left, having left Berwick, I didn't do anything close season, any training. Uh, my heart wasn't in it, and I wasn't sure what I was going to do or where I was going to go. So I took, I just took the choice to to sort of have a little rest and, and sort of recharge the batteries and have a think about what I was going to do. But I remember uh, I remember the phone went, I think, I think it was the week before the season was due to start and it was Darren. Uh, how's it going, Matchy? That's what he called me, Matchy. I don't know why he called me Matchy. He's probably calls a lot of people Matchy, but he's like, how's it going, Matchy? Uh, what are you doing on Saturday? What are you doing? I was like, uh, I'll probably go and have a bevy in the pub with my mates or something, you know? Do you want to uh, do us a favour and, and come and play for us? I was like, for who? He's like, for Breakin. He went, aye, I need you to play for us. Please come and play for us. I was like, oh, Darren, I said, I'd love to, but I've done nothing for a couple of months training-wise. I know I've not even been keeping myself at road, road runs or nothing. So I think I would be out my depth. Oh, we, we need you. We need, definitely need an experienced player. We've got a... Uh, We've got our two regular centre halves who are uh, one suspended and one's injured. We don't have any any defenders. Just you'd be doing me a massive favour. I was like, no, 
listen, I, I'm, I appreciate the offer, but I'm going to leave it at that. So I left it at that. And then the following day, Michael O'Neill, the Greek manager, phoned me. And again, similar lines, you know, could you come and do me a favour? Could you, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm really hopeful that you could come and play for us on Saturday. I was like, well, you know, who, who are you playing? He's like, oh, we're playing Queen's Park at Hamden. It's <laughs> like, you can pick a bigger pitch, all right. <laughs> I said, Michael, I said, you know, I'm, I'm flattered with the offer and, you know, uh, had I been fit and in a sort of place that I, you know, felt I could help you out, I, I, I would certainly do that. He's like, I'll, you know, I'll make it worth your while. I'll, I'll, I'll get you on a contract and, and we'll, we'll take things from there. So I agreed to it. And yeah, I, I played I played that Saturday at, uh, at Hamden. Darren was playing. And so was Davey Murray, I think. Davey Murray was playing that day as well. Uh, I played centre-half alongside a young guy. I forget his name. Uh, I lasted 85 minutes. I got cramp and then came off. And I think we lost 2-0. But... You know, I, I didn't just do myself uh, any harm and I signed a three-month contract uh, at that point and yeah, I thought I'll give, it a, I'll give it a bash. Although deep down I knew my heart still wasn't in it, having, yeah. having left Berwick. I, I was still hurting from, from what had happened and my, my heart honestly wasn't 100% in it. And I remember we went, I think we had... We had a training session on the Tuesday in Perth, and then on the Thursday we trained in Brecon. So we went up to Brecon on the Thursday, and we did a it was like a wee sort of a wee bounce game, and there was a, a corner came in, and I've shouted Grant's ball, and one of the other centre backs has come in, and he's caught me with his elbow right under the eye, and I ended up getting six stitches right under my eyelid. So that basically reeled me out for about three or four weeks and yeah. sort of then made the decision after. Again, I was spoiled with Berwick because I had training on my doorstep. I had Pinky, I had, you know, whatever we were training, it was all local. So that transition from jumping in the car 10 minutes to an hour's drive and then an hour and three quarters drive, it didn't materialise, unfortunately. So yeah, that was... Uh, that was a bit of a tangent from picking Darren Smith. But, uh, <laughs> that was his influence, yeah, with, with the Brecon situation. Would you turn up if it was Peter Headaway on the Saturday? No, I think I had a hair appointment that day. <laughs> uh, so we'll move into your, your centre midfielders, if you just want to take us through the, the first one. First one's uh, Martin Neal. Uh, obviously, Martin, again, another... Fantastic servant to Berwick. He was uh, he was there when I first joined the club, uh, having obviously been there a few years prior to that as well. And yeah, another another all round fantastic footballer. He, he covered every blade. His engine was fantastic, and yeah, you know, he was he was different to everybody. He just he sort of he oozed class, Martin. He, he, he clearly. He clearly should have played at a, a much higher level, but we all know we all know Martin and Martin's uh, you know stories and habits, and you know you're never going to you're never going to change a a guy like him. But you know I love playing playing with Martin in front of me. He was just 
you know, his his passing ability and again his his the goals that he scored, his change of pace. But he was he was a brilliant footballer, an absolute brilliant footballer. Probably one of the best that's ever worn a Berwick strip, I would say. Yeah, definitely. He's one of the best that I've seen. Um, yeah. That's for sure. As a as a character, you sort of uh, alluded to it, but what was he like away from the football? He was a bit of a social animal. I think we we all know that as well. Yeah, I had uh, I had many a, a night out the Martin and and the boys. He would come up to Edinburgh, and he was. I think he ended up staying in Edinburgh for a few years, but. Again, my 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 mum's house was like a revolving door for guys after games would come in and we'd all sit down and have beers and she'd make a big pot of whatever and we'd always descend on her house before we'd go up the town. Uh, but yeah, Martin Martin sort of took us up the town and he had he had some array of uh, of outfits, wild shirts, Vivian West <laughs> castled shirts and brown dungarees. He, he, you think he got dressed in the dark whenever you went out with Martin, but yeah, he was a character, an absolute character. Great guy, a lot of great memories with Martin uh, in, in the sort of early years of being at Berwick. Yeah, fantastic. And then alongside him in centre midfield, you've got? I've got, again, another fantastic uh, footballer, ability-wise. Uh, it's hard to even say that, you know, ability-wise, probably better than Darren, but Mark Anthony. Again, uh, I have known Mark since I was probably three or four years old, having lived around the corner from me uh, with his granny. He grew up with his granny around the corner in Gracemount. And we were at primary school together. We played school football together. Uh, we played uh, boys club football together. And yeah, we kicked the ball against the wall around the corner from my mum's and would, that's all we used to do when we were younger. It was four or five of us, get the ball, go and play football. Uh, and yeah, when we were at the age of 15, Mark went to Celtic and, and I went to Hearts. Uh, I thought Mark might have might have made it, but again, I don't know, perhaps his height let him down. And, you know, he played a couple of first team games for Celtic and yeah, I think he did, he did fantastic and well. I uh, remember playing against Newcastle in a pre-season friendly where he, he nutmegged uh, to Moody Kitt Spire from the halfway line and then had the audacity to take a shot, which I think the goalie tipped onto the bar and went over. And I remember Kent Spire turned around and <laughs> gave him a wee clap as if to say, that's world class. But he was, he was, I, I used to hate training against him because I couldn't get the ball off him. He would just take the piss out of me. He would nutmeg me, nutmeg Robbie. He would just nutmeg everybody. <laughs> He's actually cool. Could you, could you tell when you were growing up at, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven year old, could you tell how good he was? Or was he better than everybody back then? Aye. Mark Mark was always good while ball hands. He could do he could do all the, the keep you up he's all the fancy, you know, tricks that they used to do. And again, very like Darren, he had a really low centre of the gravity. So he you know, and but he was a bit like messy that you know the skills that he had in his locker were were, were frightening. But yeah, he would he would just take the piss out of us when we were at the park. You know, we two aside games. You end up, you end up losing the rag and hacking him, and you know. But yeah, he was another, another really gifted player that probably should have went a little bit further in his career. Uh, I think he went to Forford, didn't he? After after Berwick, 
Uh, not sure where he went after that. He was another character after Park, though, as well, wasn't he? Mark was, yeah. Mark was, <laughs> yeah, he liked, liked a night out, liked a drink, liked a wee bet, aye. Uh, Celtic man, aye, Celtic. Celtic craft. Again, he he got in with all the first team players at, at Celtic and they'd go out after training and, you know, they'd go and play snooker with, with John Higgins, the, the, the snooker player, because he was a Celtic fan. So all the first team players would go and play snooker at the snooker hall. And Mark would be part of that as well. You know, he used to tell me these stories. Uh, so yeah, he was he was a character off the park. His uh, he's nana still stays in the same house around the corner. And I try and go and see her a couple of times every year. Uh, unfortunately, obviously, the lockdown, it's, it's not been the case. So mm. once that's uh, once that's lifted and we're back to some sort of normality, I'll pop around and see her because she's always got open arms and the kettle's always on. So it'd be nice to, to catch up with her and see how she's doing. Were you at Berwick before he was? Yes, Mark. you would have been. Yes. Uh, so did you have any input into him joining or? Yeah, I, I spoke to Mark uh, about coming to Berwick, uh, whether or not it was, you know, any influence to do from my behalf is unlikely. It's probably to do with the money that you got. <laughs> but yeah, I think I made, I think I made Paul Smith aware of his situation. Uh, again, he lived around the corner from me. So from a traveling aspect, you know, it wasn't a problem, albeit he didn't drive. So I think Robbie, myself, but Gary picked him up on occasion. But yeah, uh, it probably came from from us having, you know, a wee word in his ear. And uh, I think at that point he was a recognised footballer. You know, people knew he, he might not get back into full-time football. So it was a step down to maybe take a step back up. Certainly coming to Berwick uh, wouldn't do his uh, chances any harm. And... Yeah, that was that was a. I heard, I heard we Jamie had to sell a whole flock of sheep to to get him in the door. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what kind of money he was on, but it was certainly a lot more than most of us put it that way. And then right midfield is another heart connection. Yes, he's currently there just now. Uh, is he is he an assistant manager or is he uh, yeah? Yeah, I think he's assistant. Assistant manager, Gordon Forrest. Again, one of Smudger's acquisitions. Uh, Gordon and I still remain in contact. Uh, I probably wouldn't have played him in that position. He's, I'd say he was more, probably more suited in the middle. Uh, yeah. No nonsense with him. No nonsense. Uh, but he could play football as well. You know, if you were in a tackle with him, you knew you were in a tackle. And if you were on the deck, he'd pick you up by picking you up with your armpit hairs. Or he'd stand <laughs> he was that kind of... He, he, was, he was dirty. He, he, there's no, there's no uh, qualms about it. He, he was dirty, but in a, very, in a very subtle manner, you know, and he would get away with it. Uh, again, he wore his heart on his sleeve and, and you got the commitment that you expected from him uh, as a player. Uh, I enjoyed playing with him and again socially we had a few a few great uh, nights out and we still keep in touch with him he uh, he's obviously 
done really well with his uh, with his coaching roles in the in the roles that he's had throughout the years. I think he's been in New Zealand and Canada. And he's now back at Tynecastle, so mm-hmm. he's done really well for himself, Gordon. Aye. Yeah, I was a bit sad to see him go when he went went to the States, but obviously it's a massive opportunity for him to, to be able to go out there and do it. Um, I know what you mean about him playing centrally. He's like normally number eight, wasn't he? Um, yeah. But it's it's interesting to see that because uh, I remember who I thought that you were going to pick on the, the right-hand side was going to be Gordon Connolly. Remember him? Mm-hmm. Like, I thought he was excellent. Gordon Connolly, yeah, Gordon was a good player as well. Yeah, he covered all the all the turf and a big, strong guy, and he would get wired in, and he didn't shun from any tackles. Ah, he was he was a good player. Ah, that was him and Graham Connell came at the same time, didn't they, from Queen of the South? Um, oh. Yeah, um, he was the then, one you wanted to next to in the team photo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How would you like to be in with a chance of winning £1,000 every month? If that sounds appealing to you, because it sure does to me, you need to join Berwick Rangers Supporters Club's monthly draw. For just £5 per month, you'll go into a draw with hundreds of other Dream Team supporters to win the monthly jackpot. In addition to the £1,000 prize, the Supporters Club will be donating £250 each month to a chosen local charity, with the rest of the profits from the draw going to the football club. For details on how to sign up, visit berwickrangers.com or message the supporters organisation on Facebook, Berwick Rangers Supporters Club, or on Twitter at BRFC Sup Club. Berwick Rangers Supporters Club, supporting your club and your community. And then through the middle, who are your strikers? My strikers are firstly... The ginger god, Mr. Gary Wood. <laughs> the Terminator. <laughs> I'll let you talk about him, Adam, if you want. <laughs> uh, I could go on all night. But, but go for it. <laughs> no, no, you go, you go. It's your team, your team. Adam's got posters of Woodsy on his ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> he, he needs no introduction, does he? Uh, yeah, another should sign in. Uh, back in the day, what can you say? You just, as a centre half, I wouldn't want to play against Woodsy every week. Put it that way. He, he put himself about. He was a fucking pest, an absolute nuisance. But he knew where the net was. Uh, he could, you know, he was diverse. He could score with his head. He could score with his left. He could score with his right. Score volleys. He, he had it all as well. But his, yeah, his presence was. Uh, his presence was felt. Uh, yeah, like I say, he's. I think again we've spoke about this in our group. I think, I think he got two goalies carried off in the one game. Uh, I think one of them might have been David Latter. I think it was a Montrose game. Uh, ah, you, you know, if you you know you're coming a 50-50 with Woodsy, you're you're going to come off second best because uh, he would tackle a brick wall, and unfortunately. <laughs> You know, he, he did. Uh, he didn't shy away from challenges, and he took a couple of sore ones latterly in his career. Uh, <laughs> he got a couple of second prizes later on, eh, and he was, he was, and it was like you say, it was almost stupidity. It was ones that he was never going to win. Does that get just... harder as your career goes on? Because, like, obviously, mentally, you think you're going to get there in time, or you think you're going to 
time it right, um, when in reality you, you're sort of miles away. So does that get more difficult? 100%, aye, 100%. It's, like you say, you, mentally you know what you should be doing or, or, or where you should be running or where you should be passing and your body's just not, not doing what, what the brain's telling it to do. Um, I joined in a training session and there was a there was a pass that come in and I could see it coming in and all day long it was take it on the chest, lay it off and you know and, and spin and, and play like what, what I used to do. And I could see this ball travelling towards me and hit me straight in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't I just couldn't move my feet <laughs> and uh and take it on the chest, which which my brain was telling me was the right thing to do. It just hit me straight in the face and then that was me. Time to go. The lead wellies on, did you? I just just couldn't move my feet. My class. Yeah. So yeah, as Enzi says, you know, he he did he did get a couple of second prizes because he he would never, you know, even if he knew he wasn't going to get it, he would still go for it. He would still be an absolute pest. So playing alongside Gary Wood, who have you got up front? Uh, I've went for Gareth Hutchison. <laughs> He's off. Big man, you'll be even. You better, you better just stay away because you're leaving me at the subs bench. Uh, well, listen, ju- I'll just I'll, I'll see how I was meaning to go on. We spoke about it last week, Adam, going into Dennis's team. Mm. I'd like to see their goals per game ratio. Just that's what I'm saying. So I was thinking about this. Grant sent his, his team through during the week, and what I've noticed is both his centre forwards filled in at centre half. Well, I reckon that's why. That's why my goals per game ratio is better than theirs. No, no. Just right. the fact that defenders right. stick together on that, don't they? Goalkeepers stick together, right. defenders keep together. Still love you, big man, didn't he? Yeah, Gareth, Gareth was great, though, wasn't he? Yeah, Gareth was, you know, wherever he's been and played, he scored goals. And, and you know, I've said it about a lot of these guys as, you know, 100% Gareth. He, he's he's Mr. Football. He, he loves football. And yeah, he, he was he was a, he led by example. I played him at Newton Grange as well for a couple of seasons. And even when he was, oh, how old would he be? He'd probably be late 30s at that point. He was still the best player in the park. And he was still scoring goals week in, week out. And the thing with Gareth as well, I think during most of his playing days, he was probably smoking 20 cigarettes a day. No way. He's still one of the fittest guys playing, yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, he was. Uh, he was like, was like you, Grant, in terms of size and stature, but he was, he was similar to you and how good in the area was as well. Yeah, he was. He was great in there. He he, he he could he could hang in there and he could stay in there. But again, he had he had that variety of goals that he could score. You, you know, he, he could be a poacher, but he could just score tap-ins and he'd be in the right place at the right time. But again, he could also score. Fantastic free kicks. He could beat a few guys and put the ball in the top corner. He, he was a sort of all-round striker. Uh, and I think he played on until he was maybe 40-ish uh, in, the, in the juniors. I don't know how long he played after leaving Newton Grange. Uh, I've not seen Gareth for a while. But, yeah, he was, again, sort of the smudger era uh, of, of strikers. So he was my second my second choice. Uh, yeah, and, and that sort of... Um, well, that does... Uh, finish your team uh, you're starting 11 at least anyway and you look at those sort of 11 players so we've got 
Gary O'Connor and goal, uh, Davy Murray at right back, Chris McGrody at left back, Robbie Horn, Grant McNichol, um, across the back, got in midfield, Gordon Forrest, Darren Smith, Martin Neal, Mark Anthony, um, and then through the middle, you've got Gary Wood and Gareth Hutchison. And it just makes you you realise how fortunate we were in, in that period of time to have players as talented as that. Well, Adam, is, you know, there's players in Dennis's team that are in Grant's team as well. So, you know, it's not a coincidence or it's not a personal favourite in terms of the, the person. Mm-hmm. You know, the boys have been recognised for their, their football and ability. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I asked Adam for, well, I, I was talking to Adam during the week about, you know, the team selection side of things. And I said to him, I said, I was lucky enough that for my testimonial, P compiled a list of players for me who I'd played with alongside uh, during my career. And Adam very kindly said, oh, I've, I've got a list of players that I can send you. Uh, albeit they weren't all from my era, but you know, I, I narrowed it down, and as you rightly said, Haynes, as well, there's, there's, you know, from the, the, the time that I was there, there's been so many players that have come and gone, but so many good players as well that could have easily slotted into that team quite easily, two or three times over in each position, no problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So we'll briefly go through your, your sub list or your reserve list. Um, so in terms of a number 13, who would that be? Number 13, uh, I've got, well, I've, I've got it written down here. Uh, my sub-goalkeeper would be Ross Godfrey. He could kick the ball for miles. <laughs> yeah, he could kick the ball for miles, yeah. Uh, again, a really a really good friend, a friend that I've made for life through having played at Berwick and, and, and been there. Uh, there was a few other options, uh, I think... There was a, there was Willie McCulloch, there was Neil Ingalls, there was Darren Collier, Michael Burgess. But again, I made I made that connection and, and that rapport with Ross, and you know he was also a good goalkeeper. He, he was reliable, uh, albeit he wasn't there for for any sort of length of time. But he was a good shot stopper, uh, and that's why I, I stuck him in as my my sub keeper. I've not seen Ross for a while or spoke to him, so it's maybe something I should. Pick up on after uh, after this podcast. Uh, nice to catch up with them. It's great doing stuff like this because you remember players that you forgot. Um, like I had, do you know the strip? The first year back with Haxton Castle it was after the yeah. Berwick Holiday Centre. And yeah. um, so I was still a bane in that, but um, I had that kit and I loved a lad called, uh, remember Douglas Blackley? Yeah. He didn't play. No that many games or anything like that but uh, I loved him in the centre of the park so I got a number six because that's the number that you were when he started I got a number six on the back of my shirt um, and I completely forgot about that until we were starting to look through like ex-players and, and players around your sort of era He was a good player Diggy Blackley I remember him I uh, he was a very, very good player but I think he again just sort of flitted away didn't he he didn't yeah. he didn't uh, the same with a lad, Jim McAllister, who played through the middle. Um, he had like the bleach tips in his head, didn't he? Yep. Um, and it didn't really work out for him either. There was a few names on that list, you know, during the time I was there. Guys that had maybe played one game or three or four games that I, I couldn't, 
I couldn't put a, a picture to their name at all. I had no idea who they were, which was, I'm quite, usually quite good with names and faces, but I couldn't, there's half a dozen at least guys that I was like, I don't, don't recognise his name at all. No. So I'll maybe chat to you about that another time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, who's the rest of your, your reserves then? Who, who's next up? Right, we've got, uh, we've got a left back of Neil Bennett, uh, Benno, a.k.a. The Grinch. <laughs> Why? Because yeah. he hates Christmas? No, because when he smiled, he looked very, very similar to The Grinch. It was a striking resemblance. So uh, he was another, another footballing character. Uh, good left foot, another no-nonsense sort of left back. He'd get wired in. He struggled to get past him. Uh, and yeah, an all-round, an all-round good guy. Uh, on the right, I put... Robbie Manson. Robbie Manson from obviously the. Are you going through a full eleven reserves? Aye. I well, I'll, I'll just go through. I'll just read your names if, if I'm boring you. You're not boring me. You can yeah. keep going. Yeah. Kev, you can drop off any time you want. <laughs> so I've got Robbie Manson in there. Centre half. I'm just rattled through it. Keep him happy because he's a big. Divin, because I'm really scared, man. Like he's giving us the eyes in that now. <laughs> I've got Innes Ritchie and Alan Neal. Again, two really accomplished centre-backs who could have been in the starting eleven quite easily. Mm-hmm. As, as, could, as could Mark Cowan have been in there as well. Uh, I remember Alan Neal, like Alan Neal was, was excellent when he like, left-footed centre-half. Innes was, yeah. was another horrible one to play against. Was he? Uh, it was just another one similar to Robbie. What, just, just go know, through the back here? Aye, uh, just physicality and and through the back here and trying to win the ball all the time. So you, you, you knew you were in a game and you you were black and blue after it. But he was a good football player as well. He was good past the ball, but and this was a good was a good footballer. Aye, I think uh, I think if I remember correctly, the I think the year that we won that we uh, were promoted with Innes and Smudger's era. I think we had the second best defensive record in Great Britain. Is that right? I'm sure we did. Yeah, I think the year we came runners well, up. And this was in that Cowden Beef team that beat us to the league, didn't it, in 2005 or whatever it was? That's right. But I think, I'm sure Ennis told me that. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure that we had the second best defensive record in the UK behind Chelsea the year we came runners up. So, yeah, another, another interesting Good start. start, that. Yeah, so in the midfield, I've stuck in uh, Kevin Walton, Ian Little, Kevin McLeish and Stuart Fraser. Ah. Again, all these guys could have easily slotted into that starting 11. And again, none of them need any introductions. Uh, Kevin Walton, again, I think he was there for a couple of seasons uh, on different occasions and another guy with a, a, a cultured left foot cliche truffle butt he jumped ship obviously went to Steny but again a gifted footballer he scored some great goals yeah uh, he came back yeah so he just missed out as well Stuart Fraser uh, Dodds uh, I really liked Dodds as a footballer I really thought he was he, he was he ticked all the boxes again for 
he's probably could have played centre half as easily centre mid, but he was hard as nails. He wasn't very tall like myself, but he'd win most balls in the air and he would get absolutely wired in. He crunching tackles, took no prisoners. I don't think I sort of fully appreciated how good he was. And it wasn't until um, Kev last year you were talking about. Don, you rated him really highly, didn't you? Aye, uh, uh, he, he was uh, like Granny says. He, he had about everything, you know. He had he had legs. Um, he was good in the air. He, he had a common influence. Dodd's so laid back that he's almost horizontal, and he had that common influence on a team. And you know, he, he spoke to you in the right manner and, and helped you through games. And he, he was probably worse than Hutchie than in terms of the in terms of the smoke. I think Dodd smoked forty a day. Aye, 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 and. and didn't affect his game, you know. He, he was up and down, and he, he was built like a racing snake. Um, he was very but, high, but yeah, very athletic for a boy that smoked 40 a day. You know what I mean? I have never heard that phrase before in my life. <laughs> a racing snake, yeah, yeah. I've never heard it. Cause... Sorry, Grant, you go on. That's all right, that's all right. And, I, and I've got Paul Forrester and Ian Dyack up front. <laughs> you, right? you, want, you want me to come down and give you a wee cuddle? Your name is written below elsewhere, I have to say, along with David Greenhill, Gary Greenhill and Mark Cowan and also Davey Watt. So you, you've made the shortlist, big man. All right, thanks for that. <laughs> well, you said that. You learned more from Robbie Horn than you did Grant McNichols or... Maybe if Robbie comes on and does his dream team eleven, I, can, I cannot believe you put yourself in that eleven. <laughs> is that not what you do? Is that no? Is that no? Well, it's your it's your eleven. It's if I was going to do eleven, I'll put myself in. No, absolutely. Aye, that's the purpose of it. Definitely. I'm not going to leave myself out. Put myself on the bench. <laughs> Silly. So, so yeah, Dyak is, is, is just simply because of the goal. Yeah, I think he's going to. You know, living legend for for that goal. Yeah, uh, don't get me wrong. Ian was a was a a, a good a good striker that season for us. Uh, but he'll always be remembered for that, and that's uh, you know it's going to go to his grave. So, Paul Forrester, Foggy, uh, another footballing character, absolute bonkers, but be graced with some very. Uh, Unique football skills. He loved an overhead kick or a bicycle kick. I always remember that. He would try them all the time during games and in training. Uh, they didn't, didn't always come off, but uh, what a guy, aye, Fozzy. So, yeah, and the, the names I mentioned at the end, David Greenhill, Gary Greenhill, uh, David Watt, and Big uh, Fellow. So, so what were they boys good at? What were they good at? <laughs> Don't bite. I'm not gonna bite. <laughs> if, I, if if you want me to continue talking, I've got another. I've got plenty, plenty of time, big man. Uh, you got but, a third team. <laughs> do you make that? <laughs> just turn the page. Uh, it's a couple of pages after that, Adam. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cracking. Uh, well, I really appreciate you coming on and and talking to her. And first of all, speaking so openly and honestly about um, the the impact of your, your leaving initially. Um, I'm sure it's it's going to be somewhat of an education. 
Sorry, mate. Best day of my life. <laughs> what he <already> left? <laughs> oh, you were gutted, big man. You were <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but thanks for for coming on, and and then thanks for for the amount of preparation because. As we were talking through the week, like it's eleven years worth of players, and especially at this sort of level, like the amount of rotation of players that you see and and that sort of revolving door, um, it couldn't be couldn't be easy. So I, I thank you very much for for putting your time into it and and giving us something as as good as what you have. Not a problem. It was a privilege. I'm, I'm glad to have shared some of these stories and memories and and the team with you. And uh, yeah. Look forward to getting back down and, and watching the dream team again shortly and, and soon, hopefully, catching up with, with a few faces. Yeah. Great stuff. Well, thank you very much and thank you, Kevin, for joining. Not a problem. No. Uh, see you later. See you later.